This month, we are asking the question, what would I love? This is an interesting question, isn't it? I I kind of broached on that a little bit in the meditation this morning, thinking about being a designated survivor. Something loves you so greatly to put you here as a survivor, as someone to help others, to help us all move forward. Everyone here is a designated survivor. You're here because you can do it. You're here because you can grow. You're here because of that love that is within you that helps you move forward. So when when we ask, what would I love? That is an interesting question, isn't it? How many times do we ask ourselves that? Not that often, I suspect. More often than not, the questions we ask are along the line of, what should I do? What can I afford to do? What will people think of me if I fill in the blank? What do people expect me to do, right? But that is not what we are doing this month. We're focusing on the power of living from, to, and as love. Today we're going to turn our what would we love question around a bit and ask What can I do to amplify love in my life? Now that's a compelling question, isn't it? And the answer to it will unlock the secrets for expanding love in our lives, thereby making us magnets for the life we love living. Oh, there are many ways to seek the answer to that question. Reading and meditating and prayer, learning through workshops and classes. These are all powerfully important and helpful ways if we practice them. I have to throw that in there because so many people go to classes and seminars and all of the other wonderful things and sit in the class and go to the break and drink the coffee and then leave and do nothing until the next class, and do nothing until the next class. And then they come at the end of the 10 weeks or the 20 weeks or so, and say, well, uh, I didn't get out a lot, I get a lot out of that. Why? Because you didn't put a lot into it. But there's one way that we often overlook, and that is the, the classroom called relationships. In truth, there is nothing that we do that does not involve some form of relationship, some kind of interaction with with someone, with friends, with with co-workers, with, with grocery store clerks, coffee baristas, family, and, of course, people with whom we are deeply intimate. We're, we're always in relationships Wonderful Marianne Williamson once wrote, Relationships are the Holy Spirit's laboratories, bringing people together for the maximum opportunity for mutual growth. Isn't that powerful? And then she says, When you meet anyone, remember, it is a holy encounter. Have you ever noticed that? You meet someone in the market, on the street, at the car, and it's a holy encounter relationship, a holy encounter. It's a chance to share with someone else 
what the two of you have together. Have you ever walked around to a place and you meet someone? I know I'm, I'm a terrible parking lot guy. Uh, it doesn't mean I hang out in parking lots. <clears throat> well, no, it doesn't. Uh, but if I see someone struggling with a bag of groceries to get them in the car or trying to get their car out, I stand and stop and help them. And you know, you know what's beautiful when you do that? When you do that, you get some of the most beautiful smiles you can imagine. I keep my distance so they don't think I'm some kind of weirdo. Well, in that way. Um, and I say, can I help you with that? Can I do that? And they smile and light up and they feel good. And what happens to me when they feel good? What was that? Ah, yeah, I feel good. It's amazing the miraculous power of sharing. I, I had the opportunity to this last week to, to talk to a couple of young people uh, whose families were coming in here to have one was a, uh, a baptism, uh, another was another ceremony. And as they were coming in, they were kind of, but after a couple of minutes, they were fun. And we looked at each other and smiled. And when they left, they looked back and waved. How precious is that? How precious is it to be a designated survivor, a designated helper, a designated love? Oh, we're so blessed. But even with that, we know that sometimes relationships are not as smooth sailing as we'd like them to be. Isn't that true? We might even think of them sometimes as the school of hard knocks. Have we heard of those? When we are in relationships, whether it's with the grocery store clerk or our mate or a child, that statement certainly can apply at times, can't it? They can be difficult. Of course, we never are. Well, most of us never are. We don't understand what's going on, and we just want to get out. Relationships are the Holy Spirit's laboratories bringing people together for the maximal opportunity for mutual growth. When you meet someone, remember, it is an opportunity to amplify love. There's a poem from an unknown author that I love, and it reads, I looked for my soul, but my soul I could not see. I looked for my God, but my God eluded me. I looked for a friend, and then I found all three. That little poem says so beautifully what relationships can do for us on our spiritual journey if we will allow them to. If we treat them as holy encounters, they can absolutely be our laboratory for amplifying love in our lives. This morning, I want to suggest four ideas for amplifying love through relationships. Not the only steps, but these steps, if taken, can take us a long way. The first one is make a commitment to love. Ernest Holmes, that wonderful founder of the religious science and author of the Science of Mind textbook, tells us on page 298 of that book, one of the first things to do is to love everybody. 
If you've not done this, begin to do so at once. There's always more good than bad in people, and seeing the good tends to bring it forth. Love is the grandest healing and drawing power on earth. It is the very reason for our being. It is the sole impulse for creation. No one can swing out into the universe without love for the whole universe is based upon it. Suck that away for a while. No one can swing out into the universal without love, for the whole universe is based upon it. Isn't that wonderful? So, step one, make a commitment to love. Accept that love is the only foundation on which our spiritual path must be grounded and on which any life can be built. We are love. We create and come from love. We generate love. We bring love into the world and into our our lives. Deepak Chopra, in his book, The Path to Love, says, you were born to be completely loved and completely lovable for your whole life. How is that? The reason you do not feel completely loved and completely lovable is that you do not identify with your spiritual nature. Oh, nobody could love me. I can't love anybody. Your sense of love has lost the one thing it cannot afford to do without. It's higher dimension. I'm not talking now about romantic love. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm talking about a broader, deeper love for all humankind, ourselves, of course, included. I am talking about the kind of love that says, I realize you and I are pieces of the same whole cloth, and we are connected on a very deep and profound way. Wow, that's you we're talking about. Psychologist Eric Fromm said in this way, if I truly love one person, then I love all persons. Isn't that great? I love the world. I love life. If I can say to somebody else, I love you, I must be able to say, I love in you everybody. I love through you the world. I love in you also myself. That's high octane there, folks. I love in you everybody. If I can love you, I can love the world, and I do. Have you ever just gotten out and gone out in the morning, especially one of those mornings when the birds are out and the skies are blue and everything is happening? You say, oh, I love life. I love everything about it. And then you see the other person going, same day. Yeah, it's the same thing, and it's beautiful. It's dynamic. It's loving. It's life. It's what you were made for. The energy of love is like water. If it doesn't flow, it stagnates. But when it flows freely, it can cleanse. It can heal. It can renew. It can bring us peace. And it can inspire us with its tremendous power. As you know, a number of places in the world, in Syria and so on, have experienced some devastating natural calamities. 
And you look at the children in the newsreels of that and how someone, perhaps an aid worker, perhaps a, a, a relative, somebody who just happens to be there holding that child and the difference it makes in the child's face to know they're not alone, that someone cares, that someone loves. Let that someone be you. Always, always, always. Now, we must remember that in the context of human relationships, not everyone will love us or even like us or even be kind to us. However, when we allow that special love of God to so fill us, then having a particular person behave in a certain way loses its hold on us. Our focus is on the idea that Jesus so beautifully said, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. The Father is in you. You love the Father. Is the Father always within you? Are we awake to that, that knowing? Are we living in the presence? It is in our intention that we recognize the love of God, or is our intention ego-driven? To be right. Are we accessing the presence of God at all times? Do we do that? Next thing you must have is emotional honesty. The second most important element in amplifying love in our lives is oh, Honesty. Mark Twain said, when in doubt, and I just love this, when in doubt, tell the truth. And yes, we ought to tell the truth in our relationships. But I'm talking about a, a deeper level of honesty, emotional honesty, honesty about how you feel and honesty about what is and is not acceptable for you. So for the first thing you must be able to do is know within how you feel and what you will and won't accept. I think sometimes we don't know that. I know I, I went through many, many adult years not really knowing that. I think we all do. Not really knowing how I felt a lot of the time and certainly not able to articulate it in relationships because I would do anything to avoid contact. Anybody here like that? Once that conflict comes along, you go a different way. I numbed myself to my feelings so I wouldn't make waves. We need to first be awake to our own feelings and relationships and in our own spiritual growth and our own perception of the world because it is at our emotional level that we begin to embody the spiritual principles that we first bring into our intellect. And if we close ourselves off to some feelings, we close ourselves off to all. That's just the way it works. Ernest Holmes uses the term opening the portals of our soul. I love the way he wrote. What a beautiful describer for what we must do in order to grow and develop spiritually and to truly amplify and expand what we would love in our lives. This morning as I was getting ready for work, actually I was out by the car loading the car up, I heard somebody say, good morning, Terry. 
and I turned, it was my ex-next-door neighbor. They were the second people to live in that house. Her husband passed. Now she's living with her oldest daughter and helping her raise her child since the oldest daughter has a Ph.D. and living there. And it's the first time I've seen her probably in six months because she's always at her oldest daughter's place. And we met each other, and it was like dear old friends meeting. We embraced, and I said, you know, I was thinking about doing that, but I didn't know how you'd feel. She said, I was feeling the same way. And we hugged each other, moved and looked at each other, and said, what a wonderful day. We have to do this more often. That's the way we start with everybody. On page 497 of the textbook, Ernest Holmes says, when our spiritual emotion is blocked, it hinders the current of life from flowing, and the result is stagnation. In psychology, we learn that congested emotions are disastrous to health. If this is true of the physical emotions, how much more must it be true of those higher emotions which are altogether spiritual? Unexpressed spiritual emotions can congest the soul and hinder a more complete flow of life through the individual. Let it go. Let that love flow. I believe, I believe that honesty, honesty about our feelings and our desires is a spiritual emotion. Ever think about that? If we block that emotion, we block our spiritual growth. And we certainly block the creation and furtherance of love in our lives. Why would this be so? Well, I can tell you from very personal experience why. Because every time we aren't honest about things in our relationships, it's just like taking a hammer and a little wedge and pounding the wedge between you and the other person. And everything you withhold is an additional wedge. And if you do that long enough, you've pounded so many wedges between you and your husband or your wife or your friend or your business partner, whoever it may be, that that gap is simply too wide to cross. The relationship dies. Honesty. So, so very important in a relationship and to our own spiritual growth. The definition of a true friend is someone who knows everything there is to know about you and still likes you. Think about that a little bit. And so we must be honest with ourselves and honest with our partners, our friends, and know that in relationships that are truly intimate, it's safe to be honest. Be willing to grow past your past. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this idea, although it's quite critical in amplifying the love, but we so often spend time together talking about this, not in the context of relationships, but in general. But think about this. How often do we drag our past into our current relationship? Oh, boy. This is one of the things that very often dooms relationships. A man and a woman are together. We'll choose a man and a woman because that's pretty common. They said, well, you know, we, we had a wonderful time together, but then I saw him doing the same thing that my past boyfriend did. And you project 
onto that boyfriend or that girlfriend. I remember you. Patrick did that. Anna did that. Mary did that. Joyce did that. Yeah, but that isn't them. This is you. You can start it anew. Oh, it's so important. It's so important to remember. There is a place in us that has never been hurt, never been abandoned, never been betrayed, never been lied to, never been harmed in any way. And that place is pristine in its purity. That place is your place of God. How about bringing that to your relationship? Or at least realize when you are bringing your baggage and be honest about it. Now, take personal responsibility for your own happiness. Imagine that after a violent storm or an earthquake or a tornado, you and I are shipwrecked on a barren island in the middle of the ocean. It is not as much fun as you thought it would be. After a week with nothing to eat, it's really getting to be less fun. I begin to complain that you're not doing enough to provide food for me. And the hungrier I become, the more I complain. Not an hour goes by that I don't remind you that I'm starving and you are to blame. You must think I am insane. Obviously, <laughs> you didn't cause my hunger. I'm starving because a storm wrecked our ship and left us stranded on an island with no food. And you had nothing to do with that. My blaming you is not only incorrect, it's ineffective. Because it has nothing to help solve our predicament. Two starving people with no source of food cannot possibly give each other what they need. And no amount of anger or blame can change that. To amplify love in our lives, we must start looking inside ourselves for happiness instead of to others. I have someone very close to my family that, that loves a, a certain place near us where the main activity is slot machines. It bores me to distraction. No, I don't want the gaming industry to hate me, but I lived in Vegas for a number of years, and I saw people in there doing all kinds of things with gambling, and I thought, no, I don't need it, thank you. And I let them go and move it on. We don't need that to make us happy. We need each other. To amplify love in our lives, we must start looking inside ourselves for happiness instead of to others or places. There's a very old story of a man under a street lamp looking for something on all fours. A police officer passing by asked what he was doing. Oh, I'm looking for my car keys, replied the man. Did, did you drop them here, inquired the officer. No, I dropped them in the alley, but the light's much better here. Yeah, the light is much better inside of us. That's where we will find our happiness. Remember, relationships are the Holy Spirit's laboratories, bringing us together for the maximal opportunity to amplify love in our lives, thereby making us magnets for the life we love living.
A Course in Miracles says a holy relationship is a means of saving time. One instant spent together restores the universe in both of you. How willing are you to allow relationships to be tools for your transformation? Let's see. Raise your hand if you're open to taking responsibility for your own happiness. I don't see too many hands down. Now, if you're willing to grow past your past, say yes. Yes. And if you're willing to be emotionally honest, stand up. Uh Uh-oh, I heard that. (laughs) If you're willing to be committed to love, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got it down here good. Well, in that case, you have most certainly amplified love. Now go thou and sing and love and dance and be. Thank you.